Life Uncut podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This episode is recorded on Gadigal land of the Aurora Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Life Uncut. I'm Laura. And I'm Brittany. And this is Thursday Ask Uncut, where we answer your deep, dark and burning questions. Your sexy little saucy numbers. Do we have any sexy saucy numbers today? No, I did want to answer the question about the girl who wanted to lick her boyfriend's butthole. And your... I said no. (laughs) Your answer to that was, Laura, I am not going to answer that question. And I said, why? It'll be funny. And you said, I'm not going to talk about licking an asshole on the podcast. And I said, Britt, it'll be funny. I love that you're giving a blow by blow. And I kept on with the, it would be funny thing. And then Britt said, no. Because okay, she turns her go, nose up at licking us. Let's put it this way, Laura. Would you like an article this week about you licking a butthole? Tell me that because this is the, this is what this question's about. No. Exactly. I, I'm doing you a favour. But I also just think go for it. Whatever. What's the worst that could happen? I'm anyway. Like, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a lot. Uh, yeah, things could turn terribly, terribly wrong. We have some really great questions today. We have some diverse and different questions that hit a whole lot of different areas of life. And the body. And the body. But none of them hit the bum. Let's put it that way. Well, they might. No, they don't. Unfortunately, it got left out. Um, but, Brie, you have a story. Something happened to you. Yeah, well, I thought this was something funny. Just one of those really awkward moments. It was bound to happen in the little circle that I run in in Bondi, the little it's one suburb. Keisha and I spend a lot of time together. Now, now, this was bound to happen, but producer Keisha and I... We are both single and a lot of people don't know this. Keisha just doesn't work for us, but she's a very, very good friend. I see Keisha every single day. And if I don't see her, I speak to her or we carry a pigeon or we text or we whatever. We are like very in constant contact. Constant contact. Anyway, we are both single. We are both on the dating apps. Ready to mingle, baby. But but we have never really had the problem of matching or talking to the same person or wanting to date the same person we've always had different types different vibes like it just hasn't happened yet I find that surprising because I actually think you guys have kind of a similar taste in men in some ways yeah some ways but not the other it's funny because Keisha will show me someone she's like look at this babe I'm talking to and I was like oh that yeah babe not not my kind of babe but for you and then I'll show her someone I'm like oh look at this guy and she's the same she's like oh all yours kind of thing you know it hasn't happened often anyway a couple of weeks ago I showed her I said hey look I'm talking to this babe and I showed her we're at the dog park I showed her his profile and she goes fuck off she's like it's happened like what's happened she's like I'm talking to him too (laughs) she was talking to him too she's like how often are you talking I was like well actually a lot but he hasn't replied to the last thing I said a couple of days ago she's like same I was like because he met a girl and started dating someone no no but she's like oh he just stopped replying to me as well and I was like also wait in this situation when you just realized you're speaking to the same person what do you who do? gets dibs? Like, <laughs> as as her employer, do you get to just continue the conversation? Or are you like, you could, I'll take this one for the team? Like, you wait you for can, me, Keisha, I get this one. You can, <laughs> you can continue because you can't both continue. You can, it's not like, it's not Hunger Games, survival of the fittest. Like, you, you have to decide who's going to continue the conversation. Because I pulled out my bow and arrow and I was like, run, Keisha. <laughs> 
anyhow, I will not know the answer to that because we haven't actually been in that position yet because he hadn't responded to either of us. So I, I guess to answer the question, if that had happened and we were still talking as much, we would probably just work out who had organised to meet up or who had spoken the longest and the other one would have to just like – like if Keisha was to the point where she's like, oh, he's taking me to dinner, I would stop texting immediately and I think vice versa. But so it's when you have met in IRL that that's when oh, whoever – you don't touch that with 10 football. Whoever meets first in IRL gets the man. Well, if Keisha had been talking to him longer as well or more in depth or whatever, I of course you wouldn't – you'd back off because you don't want to be in that situation. But we were pretty much – the conversations were about the same level. But anyway, irrelevant. He'd stopped replying to us and it was a shame because he was he seems funny and nice he was very good looking he was foreign which we all know I love so I was was he wearing a turtleneck no but he would look good in one you can tell (laughs) (laughs) that is a man that would look good in a turtleneck (laughs) anyway he's got a neck for it put it that way (laughs) we're at the pub on Saturday night Keisha and I went out we're at the pub and it's pumping and it's very busy I see this guy walking towards me and it's, it's a guy that I used to train at a gym with Nine years ago, he was a he was a coach there, and I hadn't seen him in all this time. And I recognised him, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Hey!" Stopped him, and I was like, "How are you?" Well, I haven't seen you in ten years. Like we used to train on the other side of the city, North Sydney. Now we live in the east. We were chatting and having this really great catch up, and I was with Keisha and a friend. And then his two friends walk up and stand behind him, and I look at his friend. I have this moment of realisation. He looks at me and I'm like, oh, my God. Then I look at Keisha. Keisha looks at me, sees my face, looks at him. He looks at her. He looks at me. We're all looking at each other. This is like <laughs> looking inception. And he walks away. <laughs> it's this guy. It's the guy that we both matched with, both liked. He was like, this is way too much to deal with, the two of you that I ghosted at the same time. I'm still not convinced. I don't know if he put it together, right? I know he put did – Keisha's like, he definitely recognised me. I was like, I'm not convinced he actually recognised me. But there was this awkward moment, right? So he walks away. I think this is hilarious and because I don't have a filter, instead of just like pretending it didn't happen, the guy that I'm talking to who's the common friend, I start laughing. And So these two friends walk away, right? And so I'm laughing saying, I matched with your friend and he ghosted me. And he was like, what? And I was like, oh, we were just, he's like, hey, really? And he's like, he's like, that's not like him. And I'm like, yeah, really? And I'd point it over to them. And he's like, and I showed. I, I was like, we were we were talking, we were having the banter, and the, he asked me this question, and I answered and asked him the question back. And it he was just, all heading in the right direction. Yeah, and and he's like, that's crazy. Do you want me to say something? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. So he goes over to this no, guy. That's, you don't do that. If someone ghosts you, you don't get their friend to go and do like the <laughs> like the interrogation. He comes, over, he brings him back. He goes over and he brings him back over to oh, the circle. God. He puts him in front of me and he goes, I think you two have some stuff you need to work out. And I looked at this guy. He looked at me and he goes, you have a crush on each other, don't you? And I looked at him. I was like, that's not, that's the wrong guy. You've just brought us. (laughs) (laughs) You just went and brought a random guy over, put him in front of my face and said, you two need to work some shit out. And I was like, this is so awkward. We both never spoke to the other guy again. He stayed on the other side of the bar the whole time. Didn't say a word. Didn't look at us. Didn't do anything. I bet you he has a girlfriend. That's my. That's, he doesn't. That is my. No, his friend told us he doesn't. Okay, that is like my my go to. Any time that a guy just disappears and then ignores you, I'm like, oh, he's a cheating asshole. Like that's how affected I've been in my life. I'm like, oh, he's doing the dirty. 
Part of me wanted – I had to control myself. I had a few drinks. Part of me wanted to go up and just not, not say anything bad because he didn't do anything wrong. Just put him on the spot and say, so where did we go wrong? Like what, what happened there? But I, I just don't think he was ready for the awkward interaction. As somebody who typically says that they don't like confrontation, the fact that you wanted to go and confront a Tinder match who, who you would never seen in real life who stopped speaking to you is possibly the weirdest thing that you've ever said. And I'm so glad for you that you didn't do that. Because to me, that's not the confrontation I I would have thought it was funny. I would have taken the piss a little bit. This wouldn't have been an argument. Like I would have given him a hard time and then just walked off. But a hard time is in like having a lull. But I wonder if any of you are out there listening, well, you're all out there listening, but if any of you that are listening. <laughs> Hopefully you're listening. <laughs> no, but if there's anyone that's dated the same, if you're friends, if this, I would love to know what you did or how you handled it or who gets first dibs. What are the rules in your group? If you've found out you're matching the same person, who backs off? Who steps away? And who, is it just yes. like, oh, you haven't had a hot one in a while, I'll give them to you? What, what's the rules of engagement? Or is it survival of the fittest? Is it whoever gets in there first? Does he get to, just, does he get to choose? Is it like a, a, a bachelor? He does not choose, no. Is it like an episode of The Bachelor, except it's not on TV? Like you both go on dates and he he gets to pick the one he wants the best. IRL bachelor. No, you sicko. That is not what you're doing. All right. Well, speaking, I have a, I have an article I want to discuss before we get into answering your questions. And we, since we've just started with people ghosting and people disappearing, here's one that's really going to tickle your fancy. It certainly didn't tickle this girl's fancy, but this is probably the most messed up ghosting experience I have ever heard of when it comes to dating. There is an Australian woman she has gone viral on TikTok. You know, we love a good TikTok here. Her name is Brie Duval. She is 25 years old and she was living in Canada with her fiance. Now, this is where things really take a turn for the worst. So her fiance ghosted her, but he ghosted her after she fell from a 10 meter retaining wall. She fell head first into the pavement. Can you think about how horrific this is? Even saying those words makes me feel physically sick. Horrific. She ended up in a coma for three months and woke up after being in a coma to find out that her fiance, not only had he ghosted her when she'd had this accident, but he fucking vanished and was in a relationship and had moved in with somebody else. He was how, living with them. How do you move in in three months? I mean, things <laughs> move quickly for this man. This, so they were actually engaged. I read the article, but I couldn't remember. They were actually engaged. So she, yeah, and, and it's, so, it's actually so horrific. It's we were horrific. thinking about whether we would get her on the podcast to talk this all through. I'd love Just to, to really about. unpack what happened here. But she was 25 years old. She had this severe brain injury. And the only reason why her life support wasn't turned off was because her parents were living in Australia. She was in Canada. It was all during COVID. Her parents couldn't get the permission to travel to Canada. And so they wouldn't let the doctors turn off life support until they could get there and see their daughter again. And then incredibly, like she was given like the most smallest percentage chance of being able to survive this. And incredibly, she started getting her faculties back. She started to become aware of what was going on around her and she actually woke up from this coma. So like to unpack this properly, he was under the impression that she was never, ever going to survive. But moving on in three months after your partner has essentially passed away in your mind is pretty fucking wild. Yes. And also the fact is she hadn't passed away yet. Whilst you think that it, it's looking that way, which is horrific. And, and you know, what? we cannot imagine, we cannot put ourselves in this position because we haven't been in this position. I can't imagine what he was thinking or feeling at the time. But to move on 
It, it wasn't three months after she'd passed away after they decided to put the lights. It was three months after the accident. That's insanity. Okay, but what makes this even worse is not only did he move on with somebody else, but this is how monumental the ghosting was. So when she woke up from her coma and she remembered who he was and she remembered she had a fiance, she tried to reach out to him. So this is part of the TikTok that she's put together. So she explained that she called him after finally waking up from the coma and he didn't answer the phone, but she did get a text from another woman. And the text said, he has moved out with me and he's moved all of his things out of your house and now we are together. So please do not contact him again. And he never, ever made contact with her. Can you imagine being such a like pathetic piece of scum that you avoid confrontation so much that you get your new girlfriend to contact the person who's just come out of a coma after three months when you were engaged my jaw is literally on the ground and if but you know what you know what i think in this situation if there's anything to take from this for this girl you dodged a fucking bullet if that was the person that you were going to marry such a weak little weasel a weak little <laughs> disloyal weasel. And that is the perfect – I haven't used that term in a long time. He's a weasel. He is a scummy little weasel. You <laughs> you dodged the word weasel. I know, it's so powerful though. Once you say it, it feels good. Oh, it's so weaselly. Yes, yeah, it feels good. But you, this girl has dodged an absolute bullet. And that's the only thing that it can remotely make this easier for this, this poor girl is to think, wow, you are so fucking detached that I'm glad that I didn't end up with you. That's what I would try to take from it, but I can't imagine the poor thing. And only like he was so conflict avoidant that he also ended up going on and blocking her from all of his social media accounts. I can't (laughs) even, I can't even. Well, sucked in, she's gone viral. And also like the next time that you think you've been ghosted by someone who you were talking to, you can think of this person because like nothing will ever compare to this level of ghosting. All right, Laura, now this takes away from my story. So my ghosting is like not even bad from this. But what would you do if this happened to you? Put yourself in this situation for a second. Would you like continue to call? Would you show up at his house? Would you call your mutual friends? Because obviously you'd have mutual friends. There'd have to be more to the story. You wouldn't just be like, oh, okay, well, you don't want to speak to me. I'm going to just disappear. You'd be so enraged. And you like, I think I would rock up at his house and we just know serve what you what would do. <laughs> I would be worried. I would restrain you. I would be worried what you would do. I would definitely, I don't think I would be able to not have any form of communication with him at all. I would have needed something, one phone call, one text at a minimum, which is not going to suffice. But to have absolutely nothing, it is such a pathetic, Weasel. selfish, selfish, weaselly <laughs> boo for him. But it's self, that's the, a great word besides weasel, selfish. It's such a selfish thing to take that from her and stop her from moving on in a sense. And I know we say you don't necessarily need closure from other people to move on. You don't always. You are fucking getting married. You are marrying this woman. She was in a tragic accident. I'm sorry, but the whole vow is for better or worse. That includes a coma. Uh, they didn't make it to that part of the uh, No, but that's, what you're ab- <laughs> but that's what you're about to do. Like when you ask someone to marry you. It's actually so wild. If you want to go and actually look at the TikToks, her name is Hot Coma Girl One <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> and as much as name. as much as we're like laughing about it and joking about it, she was she definitely does it in a very positive and upbeat way. But what an incredible story! And the fact that she's been able to put a positive spin on what is truly just the most horrific and traumatic story is such a testament to what a strong individual she must be. All right. Well, let's get into some of the questions. I'm going to kick it off. Hi, I am a long-time listener, first-time caller. Hi. Me and my partner dated for over a year and we broke up for a couple of months. We are back together now, but I have found out that while we were broken up, he was seeing someone else. And now he wasn't just sleeping with them, but he was going on dates with them. 
When broken up, I was okay with him sleeping with other people because that's just physical, but dating is more than physical. So now I'm unsure how I feel about it all. We were also talking almost every single day when we were broken up and he was saying that he was so sad and that he missed me and all this sort of stuff. I'm really confused. Could he have actually still loved me and missed me that much, even though he was technically seeing someone else? I also think that the two of us might've caught up while he was actually seeing this person. Please help. He, whilst not ideal, has not done anything wrong. And I think that this is morally, sure. He is saying to you, I miss you, I love you, talking to you every day, having communication, and he is sleeping with someone else and seeing someone else. Technically, on a technicality, that's okay because you guys broke up. So he's not cheating on you. And in answer to your question, can you Oh, it's can a tricky you really- one though, isn't it? I don't think it is. Like, <laughs> I think it is what it is. And there's a level of acceptance that you're going to have to have if you want to be with him, knowing that he was with other people while you broke up. And and one of your questions in that was, could he really have missed me and loved me if he was sleeping with someone else? Well, the answer is yes, he can do that. He could very much miss and love you and use his appendage to make love to someone else. And also go out on a nice dinner with them every so often. Yes, it doesn't can- mean that he's emotionally invested. No, it means he was probably bored that night and wanted to go and have dinner and have a conversation with someone else, but you still stole his heart. Now it's not, I'm not saying this is ideal and it's great because it's not, and it sucks for you to think that he was with someone else. But if you were broken up, you're going to have to find a way to be okay with it if you want to be with him. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like technically, and I, I I mean, I know technicality, (laughs) but at the end of the day, you are back together and he's chosen to be with you because he wants to be with you. And even though he dated somebody else in between, whether it was more than sexual, maybe he had some feelings for her. Those feelings were obviously not strong enough for him to want to be in a relationship with her or he would have been. I think getting back with someone when you've had a period of time broken up can be really messy and it can add a lot of feelings of confusion in the relationship because breakups unless you're going on a break and having a break from each other in which like if you're going on a break, then Brit and I are big advocates that you have to set rules and boundaries for what that break looks like. So if you're actually going on a break, can you date? Can you have sex with other people? Are you exploring other connections? Are you in contact with each other still? Totally. There has to be rules that are put in place because otherwise each party end up disappointed because somebody feels betrayed that whatever rules they had in their head weren't executed by the other person. But if you actually broke up without necessarily the intention of you getting back together, or that was never discussed that you're getting back together, then I think it's okay that he tried to get on with his life. He tried to, as much as he may have still been really connected to you, missed you every day, still loved you. He was essentially trying to move forward with his life even though he did it in a bit of a messy way. And I think like people are very complex. Feelings are complex. You can be going out on dates and be having sex with someone and still be in love with someone else. We all know that that's a very, very possible thing. The other part of this as well is like, sometimes I I think we try and like remove sex and dating and be like, but you're only supposed to be going and having a sexual relationship. It's really hard to just find someone to have a sexual relationship with. Like it's really hard to find someone where you've you've like not been on a date. Most people will go on a couple of dates, even if it only then evolves into a sexual relationship, because most people want to kind of know the person that they're fucking. It's very uh, like, (laughs) 
It's not that common that you just meet someone online, you only have sex with them, you never ever interact in any other capacity. No other connection. And like maybe that happens from time to time, but but I know for myself, like anytime I've had a friends with benefits situation, I've still kind of gone on dates with them. I've still gotten to know them. Doesn't mean I wanted to date them and them to be my boyfriend, but I've still gotten to know them so that I felt comfortable to have sex with them. Well, the term is friends with benefits. You're going to have that level of comfort and communication with someone to be able to be comfortable to sleep with them. So I think that that's a completely normal thing for him to have developed some connection with whoever he's sleeping with. At the end of the day, this one is pretty easy. If you want to be with him, I think you have to have a level of acceptance that that did happen and be able to move on. Because if you don't have the acceptance and you can't move on, you, this is just going to develop. It's going to snowball. It's going to be very, very toxic in your relationship. And this is just something you need to decide in yourself. If you're not okay with it, that's also okay. But it just means you're probably not going to be able to continue the relationship. Yeah. And, and you can't change the past. Like you're so right, Britt. You can't change what's happened. You just have to be able to figure out ways to deal with it. And maybe it's one of those situations where time heals all. And it's a really annoying saying, but the reason why it exists is because it's very fucking true. Time really does create great perspective on things. And maybe in a few months more time or in a year's time, you won't ever even think about the fact that you guys broke up for a little bit and that he was seeing other people. Question number two. Okay. Question number two. My friend has been with her partner for six years. Recently, she made an OnlyFans account after discussing it in depth with her partner. He agreed that it was okay as long as they discussed what was okay and what wasn't. 10 subscribers later and one fake subscriber from her partner, he has now basically broken up with her due to the OnlyFans account. I should add that it was making her happy and helping her feel confident and good about herself. My question is, should she have to delete the account to keep her relationship or does he need to sort his feelings out and get on board and get on her side? He has made her really upset the last couple of days about this. I hate seeing her so conflicted. So the question is, does she have to delete her OnlyFans account because her boyfriend isn't happy with it? Or is it selfish of him to say he doesn't want to be with her if she has it? And does he need to get on board? Now, I have very strong feelings, but what are yours? I have a few. Okay, I have a few questions, which unfortunately would go unanswered (laughs) because we can't get the answers to them. But my question firstly is, you said that they sat down and they created like boundaries, what he was okay with her posting and what made him feel uncomfortable. And then he subscribed and then he broke up with her. Did she post things that were pushing the boundaries of what he said made him feel comfortable? Like that's my first question. Were there things that were posted that were beyond what they had mutually agreed upon? In which case, I don't think that he needs to address anything about that. The other part though is, okay, let's say that the only, the things she posted were very much in line with what they had agreed upon. I still think it's okay that it made him uncomfortable. And I think- that we all have different levels for what isn't isn't acceptable in our relationships and we can't just expect that our partner will get on board for everything. And as much as we live in a society now that is really pro-sexual positivity, talking about sex inclusively, being really open and transparent, I mean, even you and I, Britt, talking about sex on this podcast, like sex is having a real renaissance and I think there is a lot of social acceptance when it comes to things like OnlyFans now. That doesn't mean that he feels comfortable dating somebody who has an OnlyFans account and that is okay because that is what suits him and I think the fact that you've been together for six years, you kind of already, when you've been with someone for six years, you kind of, you already know what you're in for, right? Like you've already kind of signed up for the relationship being a certain way 
it's okay that if one person wants something very different to turn around and say, well, that doesn't suit what I want. And so therefore I don't feel comfortable being in this relationship. That's a kind of a hard thing to swallow if you both start to want different things. But I understand why that can occur. The only thing I want to add to that, because I agree with it all. The only thing I really, really want to point out is he's allowed to change his mind about what he's okay with. The fact that he said it was okay and they talked about it and then she did it and then he's decided actually, you know what, I'm not, that's okay. So I don't think she can use that against him to say, well, you said it was. And at the end of the day, I think it's actually a great thing. He did try to meet you halfway by the sounds of it. He's come in and said, okay, let's give it a go. You want to do it? This is what I think I'll be okay with. Let's do it. He's Uh, then seen it and realised that, oh, fuck, you know what? It's not comfortable with me. I'm not about this. This is something that you guys with this couple are really, really going to have to communicate on and see what's more important at the end of the day because he has come and said that this is his boundary. He does not want his partner posting whatever she is posting on an OnlyFans account. What is more important to your friend, the person that's written this in? What's more important to the girl, her OnlyFans account or having the conversation and saying, okay, I appreciate us trying. I, I won't do it anymore. Totally. I think you hit the nail on the head with that completely, Brit. Like that being the ultimate question, that's probably where he's coming from as well. What's more important to you, our relationship or having an OnlyFans account? Like why is that so important? Why is that where you're getting your self-confidence from? Why is that where you're getting a sense of self from? I think that they're really big questions for your friend to ask herself around like, what is it about having an OnlyFans that's making her feel so confident? And if that's what's really important to her, that's absolutely fine. But it doesn't mean that they are a perfect pairing. For example, and I think that this is a good example. I struggle and I've had this conversation with Matt before. I could never date an actor because I wouldn't be comfortable with them making out with a woman on screen, even though it's his job, even though. I used to have this conversation with Jordan. Yeah, and I and I dated an actor once and he, there was a scene that he had to do and it was a, it was a film clip for a song and he was going to have to kiss the female singer in the film clip. It made me feel so uncomfortable. I, I hated every single second of that. And I knew that if that made me feel so insecure that I probably wasn't suited for dating someone when that's an integral part of their job. So we didn't date any longer. And that's okay. That doesn't make me a bad person because I felt insecure about the fact that he was an actor and part of his job was kissing a girl. Nor was I going to say to him, yes, you can be an actor, but you're not allowed to kiss anyone because what a stupid rule that is to put in place. You know, I think that it's okay for people to have jobs that they don't align with what you want in a relationship. I do think that we're in a really tricky position at the moment with society where we're being so, and it's a good thing, we're so sex positive and we're so liberal about it, but then it doesn't mean that he's done anything wrong. It just doesn't align with where his boundaries lie in his relationship and that is okay. I think we covered that one. I think we did too. <laughs> okay, question number three. Okay, wait, you mentioned one thing though. What was Jordan's opinion of you kissing someone? As someone who's you know, an aspiring actress, you said that this is something that was a point in your relationship. What was the outcome? Yeah, there was an audition we were talking about that I had that if I got the role would have involved kissing someone else. And he was an adamant no. He was like, I couldn't be with you if you were going to make out with someone else. And I said, oh, well, you know that that's like, that's sort of what I want to do. Like, I don't want to make out with other people, but <laughs> I would love to. What I want to do is kiss other people. So this is going to be a real problem in our relationship. Yeah. No, like I want to, I want to create and I want to be in that industry and, and do really fun things like that. And if that came up, then, you know, not ideal, but I would hope that in a relationship, whatever relationship I'm in, 
that there is a level of trust in your partner. And I get that it's not for everyone. If I was dating somebody, an actor, and they were kissing somebody else or sexing with someone else, of course it's not ideal and you don't want to watch it. But I would hope in my relationship I had enough trust in the relationship to know that they're just going to work and doing what they're doing and it's not doing anything for them. It's not turning them on. And it's there's like 25 cameras on you. There's a lot of people. It's not – these people are not being turned on. And I know that – Historically speaking, there have been some some very famous people that have had relationships off the back of meeting on screen. Totally. I think so I, I think, get it. I think it's naive to say that people don't get turned on for it. Yes, it is part of the job. Maybe they get turned on later at night when they're thinking about it, but not, in the moment they're not. <laughs> but like that, no, what I mean is it's like not turned on by the kiss. Like, yes, it is part of the job, but there are many actors who have ended up hooking up with their co-stars. I mean, there are many actors who have ended up having affairs with their co-stars. Brad so Pete, like, Angelina Jolie. Totally, right? So I don't think that you can just say that like it never happens I can understand why some people feel like it is a really tricky part and that's how I felt a hundred percent and that's what it comes back to at the end of the day you have to be okay that your partner is going to go and do something and in this situation he is just not okay with it something you need to discuss and accept only fans or your partner because that seems to be without him giving an ultimatum here because it doesn't sound like he is it just sounds like he's saying well I don't want to do this anymore if you want to do it. That's an ultimatum. Yeah, but it's not like fucking delete it. He's just saying this is my choice. I don't. I mean, we don't have this information. He hasn't said delete or I'll leave. He's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm super uncomfortable with this, so I, I, I'm going to leave the relationship. You've got to decide what's more important. That's it. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, question number three, and we needed to throw in a spicy, sexy one. So, of course, we had to throw in a spicy one. So this one has to do with um, – Cunning lingus. 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 Cunning lingus. Is that what it is? I don't know what you're talking about. Cunning lingus. Licking the vagine. Going downtown. Going downtown. Let's just colloquialize it. All right. I had a baby a bit over six months ago. My partner has only been down on me once since then. This used to be a regular part of our sex lives and something that I really liked. It's starting to really bother me that this hasn't returned. I've tried talking to him about it and he says, I just don't feel like it or we will get back to it eventually. It's hard to not get resentful of the fact that along with my job, my body, my social life, that I've given up this too. Now, I know I can't make him do it, but is this normal and what can I do? Well, I do not know if this is normal because I am not married. I have not had a baby and I have no sex life after baby life. So this one might have to be for you, Laura. I mean, it's not normal. It's not normal for your partner to stop doing something that was an integral part of your sex life after you have kids. That to me makes me think that he views your body differently after having kids. Like there's some sort of mental shift that's happened. Like that's where the baby came from. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go there anymore. But also like, well, if you can still have sex with me, like what what is so problematic about my vagina and my vulva that you now can't go down there? Like what trauma did me giving birth create for you? Let's unpack that, buddy. I think it's probably the big place to start. <laughs> but it's true. Like It's true. It's true. And I understand why you feel resentful. Like you, when you become a mum, you give up so much. You give up so much. There's already aspects of your body that you probably feel less desirable in because so many of us after having kids, you know, things aren't the same as what they were pre-baby. So to sacrifice a part of what makes you feel desirable and makes you feel like your husband wants to be with you and wants to have sex with you would also add to those feelings of insecurity. Now, I do think it's only been six months. There is a chance that that will return, but six months is still a long enough time that your body is back to, essentially it's back to some sort of normality. You're back into a routine. Your baby's probably sleeping through a little bit more. Like there's not really any reason for him to say, oh, that's something that we'll get back to in the future if he's not actually actively trying to 
figure out why it's a problem. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that is exactly what we need to discuss right now. What you need to discuss is the why. So have you sat down and had the conversation with him about why, why he's no longer wanting to go down on you, why he has an aversion of sorts? If you don't know why and you just keep that to yourself, well, A, you're going to make up God knows what reasons in your head, like you are going to perpetuate a lot that could, may or may not be true. Same thing as Laura and I always say, communication. And he's your partner. It's okay to sit down and have those hard conversations with him. Maybe don't have it in the bedroom. You know, we've spoken to psychologists and sexologists and everyone says the same thing. You don't have these conversations in the bedroom. Like you're not about to get jiggy with it and you're pushing his head down and you're like, why aren't you going down to me? Don't have those conversations. Have a Just have a real conversation. Maybe it's over dinner. Maybe it's watching TV. Maybe it's like, hey, I want to ask you something that's been bothering me a little while and just ask where his head's at because maybe even him discussing it and you discussing it back and having a conversation might help him work through some stuff for what, whatever is bothering him. Totally. And I think it also comes back to your vulnerability around it, like explaining to him why that makes you feel the way that you feel and also explaining how you feel like you've given up so much already might give him a bit of context because maybe he is being a bit selfish in the bedroom now. Maybe it was something that he wasn't doing when you were pregnant and so therefore he's just slid back into a routine of like, oh, well, I don't need to do that anymore kind of thing. But I also think it's really important that if he's giving you these sort of like half-assed answers of like, well, I don't feel like it or we'll get back to it eventually, digging a bit deeper to understand why will we get back to it eventually and why can't you do it now? Because yes, although you can't force him to go down on you, you can lay down your expectations in what you want when it comes to like being intimate with your partner. And it's not like you're asking for something that's never happened before. It's not like you're asking for some crazy kink that lies outside of what he feels comfortable with. Like this is something that you guys have always done. And the only thing that's changed is having a baby. I know that like not necessarily this specific thing, but sex changes for a lot of people after kids for many different reasons. And I think for a lot of men, there is some sort of post having babies thing where they're like, oh, that's where the baby comes from. And they have a weird attachment to it. And to that, I kind of have always had the stance of like, they need to get the fuck over it for you guys to get back to having a great relationship. Because ultimately as women, we're the ones who sacrifice so much that really, I don't have a lot of sympathy for a guy who's struggling with like being intimate or having sex after having a baby. Because I'm like, this didn't impact you in the same way it impacted me. Totally. And just to finish it off, it is important to say that we unfortunately, we can't force our partners to do anything they don't want to do. And this is in all aspects of life. You can't make someone do something they don't want to do. But what you can do is have the conversation to figure out why, express yourself, what you want, why you want it and how it makes you feel. He will do the same. Your partner will do the same. And then you can work on it from there. But you can't, You, if you start to, without this conversation, right? What I'm trying to say is without this conversation, if you're trying to force him to do something he doesn't want to do, all it's going to do is build resentment. He's going to resent it even more and resent you even more. You just can't, as much as it's the easy option, you can't go down that track. This just has to be, it doesn't even have to be a hard conversation, but it has to be a conversation. Well, do you not think though, when you have some of these conversations, like it can almost make the issue a bigger problem like the fact that you're like talking about it and you're giving airtime to it and then you can become insecure when you're actually in the bedroom so when it comes to like going down on you you think oh my god he's only doing it now because I've made him do it and so therefore you then get in your own head about the whole situation it becomes even bigger okay the other option is just sit on his face (laughs) (laughs) just get on up there girl (laughs) 
this is what we're doing tonight. We're going to have a really fun time. You're going to go down on me for an hour. But anyway, guys, that is it from us on Ask Uncut. We'll be back on Saturday with our radio show. You can listen to it live if you're in the car or you're sitting on your laptop. We are on from 10 a.m. till midday on the Kiss FM network. Don't forget, tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your dog, tell your friends and share the love because we love love.